0: Stephanie there is one name in this industry that people respect more than McMahon and that is Gerardo <laughs> and if there is one thing that a taught me was how to look 1,100 episodes of RUA, 100 of them in a row, three hours. Vicky Guerrero, it was nice knowing you. This is the Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast with Corey Richmond, joined as always by Jason Brooks. Jason, how you doing today?
1: Uh, I'm, I'm doing pretty well. I'm watching the Greece-Ivory Coast game, and Greece just got a penalty and they're going to win the game. So I'm a little upset about it. Ivory Coast is one of my kind of sleeper teams. Other than that, things are going all right. And uh, I'm sorry. I nodded a
0: little bit out of consciousness. I, I heard the word soccer, so I just – but uh, I'm sure that's, that's great. Ivory Coast. All right, Greece. Uh, somebody. Yay. Americans win or tie, they're most likely in. And that's our soccer talk for the evening, guys. Uh, so it's, we were told quite a few times that this was 1,100 episodes of Raw – was 1,100 any better, any worse, any any more memorable than uh, the first 1,099
1: in your opinion? I mean, I, I thought that it was a solid show. Um, you had a really good match. and We could go into all the details specifically, but the overarching theme, um, you had a great uh, Intercontinental title match that the fans were super hot for. Um, the crowd was really good in general. Um, I didn't realize DC had that good of a crowd, but they had a really good crowd. Uh, I really liked the interplay with Rollins and RVD. I thought their match was good. I thought the promo that RVD cut was great. Um, So I thought that was good. Um, And and so there were a lot, you know, Reigns I thought was phenomenal. They made him look great. So there were a lot of things on on Raw that I enjoyed. Um, They definitely made the Money in the Bank matches feel special, feel like they're going to be a big deal. So I thought Raw overall was a pretty solid show. Not the best show in the world, but a pretty solid show.
0: Well, your opinion would be the same as uh, Jason Powell, uh, former guest on the podcast from ProWrestling.net. And you two would agree on that. I would uh, say that I don't know what you guys are watching. Great, What
1: What was your problem with the show?
0: Great icy title match, and everything else was just there. I mean... I couldn't care less about ninety five percent that happened on that show. I mean,
1: besides, didn't think, did think the Rollins promo was good. The RVD and Rollins interplay was fantastic. The Ambrose segment was good. What about the what about the Reigns and Sheamus Se- segment?
0: Come on! Oh please, these these segments were nothing special. I mean, this is a this is the paper. This is the last time because you know four million less people. You know, most likely, I'm sorry, two million less people watch you know SmackDown than watch Raw. That this is the last chance that people have to see in order to buy this pay per view because if, if you're watching uh, main event on the WWE network in a couple hours, you're most likely watching anyway. Um, but I didn't think this was anything special. This was just another. This was just another Raw. I mean, you had, you know what? You had the same exact main event on SmackDown, which I thought was most likely a better match. I thought that Reigns, Reigns does what he always does. He does the high spots. He's not great when it comes to being an individual one-on-one matches. He, they're, they're protecting him with, you know, having him in there for, you know, Superman punches and big spots, which is, which is great. Wonderful. Uh, the big reveal was that Kane's going to be in the match. Nobody cares. That is true. Nobody uh, cares. Let's see. You've got a another Money in the Bank match where you know that basically three, three or four out of the six people in the match don't have a chance in hell of winning. Corey, let
1: me ask you, Corey, what is the goal of a go-home show?
0: To get people to pie the pay-per-view. I don't know if they and really do. No, no, hold on, hold on.
1: And you're telling me with them adding another match, added so two money in the bank matches. Uh, you're what we me, noticed, wait, 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 wait. Making Reigns look like a star. We know Sheamus looks you know, they didn't make everyone look great. Making Reigns look like a star, doing a nice job with Rollins, having a great IC match and making those guys in the Money in the Bank match look good. You're telling me they didn't add it to, to to the paper add to the pay per view as far as selling you on it? They literally added another Money in the Bank match, and then they made two of those guys look awesome in their IC title match.
0: And you also you also made two of them look like, who cares if they're even in the match, in a, a waste of time and swagger and cocaine. Hey,
1: uh, these are the guys that they have. And we know that out of the seven guys or eight, or eight guys who are in it, only really three guys are going to win. That's been every Money in the Bank since Money in the Bank started. We know that. That, that's not you're not that, that's not telling us anything. That doesn't mean that it's not going to be a quality match. It doesn't mean you should be excited for the match. Just for... Is Borough Rio going to win the freaking money in the bank? The world title match? The world title? Of course not. That'd be absurd. Is Sheamus going to win it? Well, God forbid. He actually might. But you know what I'm saying? Kane going to win it? No. So we already know the guys that won't win it. Just <laughs> like we know for the actual briefcase match, a lot of the, you know... You know, very few of those guys really have a chance. So that's fine. It doesn't mean it won't be a good match. It doesn't mean it won't be an entertaining match. You have know, two Money in the Bank matches, a tag team title match. I actually think the Divas match could be pretty solid, um, although the segment was really interesting with Naomi and Paige. Uh, you know, I don't know. I I thought, Raw was, I thought Raw did what it had to do. It sold you on the pay-per-view. And, and you know, the, the Shield continues to be – kind of a highlight of these shows and they they're making them look fantastic. And I also feel like that's why I thought Raw was good too. They're making those guys continue to look good. I, I did have I did have one issue with the Ambrose Rollins thing which we can get into, but overall I thought they made those guys all look good. Alright there's
0: a see there's a difference of what I think the actual product will be in ring on Sunday than what I actually saw to get me excited for a pay-per-view. On Monday, if you're telling, if you're asking me, do I think the pay-per-view can be a solid show? Yeah, I think that it could be a solid A-ring product. But after watching on Monday, I wasn't convinced that I, if I, hold on, let me finish. If I don't have the WWE network, I should be running and jumping to to pay 60 bucks to go and pay for this pay-per-view. I wasn't, when I, when I was done with three hours and five minutes of painstaking television, and yes, part of the problem is for the last 100 episodes, it's been three hours, and every week at about that 2, 2.15 mark, I want to, you know, poke my own eyelids out because it's just, ta- it's just taking forever to get to the end of the show. Maybe that's part of the reason why I'm not thrilled every week, but you know what? If Like I said, if you want to ask, if you're asking me, am I interested in the pay-per-view on Sunday, do I think it's going to be a good show? The answer would be Yes. Do I think they did enough on this go home show to make me buy the pay per view? The answer is no. Why? Because Why did they do enough. All right. You give a one week I'm sorry, not one week, you give a a what, a three day build on a second Money in the Bank match. The I was more interested in ideas from backstage segments of matches that weren't even happening on the card. Like what? I was more interested in possibly seeing Cesaro versus Del Rio in a one-on-one match
1: after this. segment. Then, no, course, stop. That's ridiculous. The point is they're supposed to make, yes, they're supposed to make you want to see Cesaro against Del Rio, and you're supposed to want to see those guys fight each other at Money in the Bank. That's the point. Of the, that's the point, is having these inner conflict with the men who are going to be in the Money in the Bank match. Yes, by you getting excited about wanting to see Cesaro against Del Rio... That is supposed to sell you on the pay-per-view. That's the exact point of what they're trying to do. With the Money in the Bank briefcase match, It is, they're selling you on Ambrose and Rollins. That's what the end, obviously, of getting the Money in the Bank briefcase, but they're selling you on Ambrose and Rollins. That's what they're selling you on. With the, money, with the World Title match, they're selling you on Reigns getting in and can this guy overcome and win the WWE World Heavyweight Title. That's the story. And they are doing a, They did a nice job on Raw of selling you on the story. I agree with you. The build for the Money in the Bank briefcase match wasn't super long. Obviously, it wasn't long at all. But they had to establish first the WWE World Heavyweight title briefcase match, including the fact they didn't even know whether they were going to have a, what Money in the Bank match they were going to have until recently because of all the issues with Daniel Bryan. So considering the time that they had, how they had to do it on the fly, I thought they did a fantastic job of building toward the pay-per-view. I really did. Raw itself, you know, had some polls like Raw's always do, it's a three-hour show. But I thought overall it did, it, it did what it was supposed to do, build excitement going into money in a bank.
0: You know, I'm sure the more we talk about it, the more you're going to realize the show is nothing special. But let's get to something on Raw that you kind of had a mini-nervous breakdown about last (laughs)
1: week. And Corey with the last word as he moves on. Go
0: ahead. I just, because last week you went and did your usual soapbox of having a mini-nervous breakdown about minor subjects. So I want to know, week two of Stardust, just so he gets out of the way. So, you know, when there's like three minutes left in the show and you decide to go and blow a, a blood vessel in your eyebrow, give me a, give me quick, you know, couple of moments on week two of Stardust. Are you still as angry that your boy uh, Cody is dressed up like a circus freak, or are you okay with it now?
1: No, I mean, I'm, listen, the guy's got a job. He wasn't released, so it is what it is. I thought the segment this week was a little better. It was kind of funny with Goldust saying, I'm not the strange one anymore. Uh, it was fine. Again, where's this character going? He's going nowhere. Um, what is a star is he, is he singing? Is he, uh, what is he? Uh, but it, you know, it's fine. It's a, it's a jobber gimmick with a guy who should be more than a jobber. But we can say that about a lot of guys in the WWE. It's going nowhere. It's fine. Um, I did want to bring something up to you. And then I'm sure you have topics for me, but I want to bring this up to you before I forget. Yeah. So I, the Money in the Bank briefcase match, I said it earlier, is going to be about Rollins and Ambrose. That's what a lot of that that's about, the, the kind of interplay, you know, um, inside the big overarching theme of the Money in the Bank briefcase. Did you like what they did with them on, on Monday? Because part of me... I'm fine with Ambrose being in a match, but I think I would have liked it more if Ambrose said, I'm going to figure out a way to get myself into the match and to disrupt what goes on, and he is not booked, and, and have him not be booked in the match at all, and then he just comes out on a pay-per-view and takes the briefcase, not even being involved in the match. And then the WWE needs to figure out what to do, whether to give him the briefcase or not. So they don't even book him for the match, but he's so crazy he says, I'm going to be there, even if I'm not booked to be in the match. And then they can have him come out, do something crazy, and you kind of build toward that. It's okay if he's in the match, but I I don't know that I would have liked to have seen him kind of come out and do something crazy. The other idea is Rollins saying, I want him. I want you know, Rollins keeps like challenging guys. He's challenging RVD. He challenged Dolph Ziggler. He's challenging, um, you know, basically Ambrose. He wants him in the match. It's a very unheal-like move that he's doing. And uh, Rollins has kind of, you know, been doing some very unheal-like actions. Um, you know, he's scared away from Ambrose a few times. But he's, he's done some unheal-like things. So I guess I just wanted your opinion on, one, would you have rather seen Ambrose? Would you have rather than do have done something else? And what do you think about Rollins and, and kind of as a heel and, and what they're doing with him?
0: Well, if I have to choose between the future, supposedly star in the making of Roman Reigns, you know, having to poison someone's, you know, iced coffee or have a heel go and say, put put the baby face in the match, I'll go with uh, Seth Rollins, you know, with loopy logic seven days a week on that one. I mean, I still, I understand that I guess you have a payoff this week, what they do with Vicky as a result of that. But, I mean, I think it's a little ridiculous. You most likely should have had, you know, Triple H. Say, if you want to get into this match, Ambrose, you got to go and, you know, run some sort of gauntlet match or something. Something to go and actually put him in the match.
1: But it doesn't, but it doesn't, make, him look, it doesn't make him look good. This The battle royal makes him look better. The battle royal with him throwing guys out like he did at the rumble—it actually makes him look better doing it that way. Oh no, I'm talking
0: about I'm talking about Ambrose. I'm talking did, Hold on, let me let me finish. Okay. I think Ambrose—they should have mostly done something with him having to go and maybe beat a couple of guys in order to work his way into the uh, into the into the uh, the Money in the Bank match instead of just putting him in. That's one. Two, I have no problem with roman reigns being in the battle royal i actually like the fact he was in the battle royal i mean this could bring up a whole other subject on the idea of who should be in each one of these money in the bank matches which i'd like to get to in a moment or two but okay the idea is i just think when you're trying to push someone t- and even trying to protect which they've been doing a pretty good job to say the least with roman reigns with you know putting him in Tag team matches, just having him do his big moves. You know, not having him for the most part wrestle singles matches where he's exposed for still being very green. But I just think the idea of him doing goofy things at this point, I think, isn't good. Isn't good in my mind. But like I said, if you had to choose, I don't. I have less of a problem with Seth Rollins saying, you know what? I know this guy's going to be a thorn in my side be in there so I can at least see it. I thought it was dopey, but I at least think it's better than the way that they got Roman Reigns in his match. Okay, that's fair. Now let let's you know let's go with this right off top. I was gonna talk about Vicky Guerrero, which we actually uh, put at the very beginning of the show this week. But let's let's go into this before we get into Vicky. So in the one in the for the title We've got Bray, Bray Wyatt, we've got Cena, we've got Randy Orton, we've got Del Rio, we got Kane, we've got Cesaro, and... Am I missing anybody in that match?
1: Uh, hold on. Kane, Cesaro, Cena, Wyatt, Reigns, Orton, Sheamus.
0: I miss Sheamus, because you know, that's how much I think of him. But I mean... Of the guys that are in that match, don't you think Roman Reigns or Cesaro would be used better in the idea of being in the match for the actual briefcase? I mean, you could say, no, I mean, it's their time, but I mean, I feel guys like that, it would be better for them to actually be able to have that briefcase as not a crutch, but as something that... Makes people realize that they're important on the show, and you have to keep on paying attention to them. Right,
1: I think there's a good chance they didn't even know that they were. were well, excuse me. I think there's a good chance they didn't even know they were going to have a briefcase match. I think there's at least a slight chance they did not know they were going to have a briefcase match after determining that it was they were going to have the world title uh, money in the bank match, basically a basically a ladder match. I don't think they, they knew that for sure. So maybe if they had in hindsight, they would have done something different. But I'm not sure that they even for sure knew what they were going to do or that they were going to have a second Money in the Bank match. I mean, last week, I believe we talked about the idea of them having a second one and they weren't sure they were going to have. I, they probably figured it out last week, but I don't think they knew three weeks ago they were going to have two. You know? So that, you know, that also plays into who was in one over the other.
0: But what I'm saying is, I don't think, maybe you're not understanding my my question here, but do you think the Cesaros, the Roman Reigns of the world, would be better off if they were in the Money in the Bank ladder match to get the shot, the title, instead of being in the title match for their characters and where they are at this point? So before you answer (laughs) that, and you may ask me, you know, who do you switch? I got no problem. Two guys who have no chance of maybe winning the actual title match, you could have put, you know, a Jack Swagger, who's a former I know he's terrible. and he, I'm not terrible, but he's not, they're not doing anything with him. You could have maybe put Wade Barrett or Jack... Uh, oh, my God, I'm having a brain. Swagger. Thank you. Jack Swagger in that match. Swap him out. But I think the idea of having these younger guys who, by having a good... Sh- I, I, how do I put this? I don't know if Roman Reigns not winning... The match with the momentum he's having, unless you have someone cost him the match to start another feud, having him in that match and the way they're building him and not having him win, I think is hurtful
1: to his character. Yeah, I, I, you've talked about that a lot, and I completely disagree with you. Um, everybody knows he's a guy; he's getting the loudest, starting to get the loudest cheers. Um, I don't think it'll hurt his character at all. Now, is your, if your question is, is he better off? being in the world title match or being in the match and winning the briefcase. No, he's definitely better off winning the briefcase because as we know, with a few exceptions, winning the briefcase guarantees you the WWE World Heavyweight title. So he would be better off being in the, in the briefcase match if he was definitely going to win the briefcase. If not, he's absolutely better off in the spot that he's in now being in there against the top guys, of uh, being in the ring against Cena, against Orton, um, against Bray Wyatt. So no, I, I so it, I guess it depends on how it was how he be booked. If he'd be booked to win, it would be better. If you he, if he's not booked to win then, then I think I think it's better for him to be in this match, the world title match.
0: Uh, when we come back from break I'll get your official prediction on who you think's going to win these two money in the bank matches and if you have any yeah. interest in the rest of
1: the card. I'll have to think about these predictions uh, during the break because I have no freaking idea at this point.
0: Well, that's why for uh, the first time in a while, I'm actually giving you a heads up on what we're going to do. <laughs> one. one. You know, I-, I happen to be the one behind the one in 21 and one. I earned that distinction when my client Brock Lesnar conquered The Undertaker's undefeated streak at WrestleMania. I also happen to be the one behind the one who will climb the ladder this Sunday in the championship ladder match, retrieve the titles, and become the WWE World Heavyweight Champion. with all due respect, Mr. Del Rio, that's not you, that's Cesaro. Money in the Bank will be the fourth pay-per-view in a month. TNA had a good pay-per-view. ROH had a good first attempt on pay-per-view. WWE already had one. This is WWE's second. Money in the Bank, two ladder matches, a tag team match, a Divas title match, and who knows what else. But, you know, they'll figure out a way to make the time go by. Uh, Jason, before we went to break, I let you know for the first time in a while what we were going to be doing after break. And uh, it's that time. Money in the Bank briefcase match, what's your gut say? Uh, let's rephrase that. Who do you think going to win, and who do you want to win? Let's go there.
1: <sighs> I always want Don Ziggler to win. You know that's my boy. Um, a couple, ah, Man, it's interesting. So, the WWE, you know, a lot of times they kind of steer you where they want you to go. And they've definitely steered us toward a Rollins win, you know, making him the first guy, he's Triple H's boy, that's what they meant to believe, but I feel like, I feel like Ambrose is going to cost him at some point, which would set up a match at SummerSlam, and then Triple H did say something interesting about uh, them saying nobody, you know, you guys, isn't it funny with Triple H how he, and I'm sorry, this is an incredibly long-winded answer, Triple H again talked about the internet fans, saying, you guys don't want me to see, Uh, you guys uh, don't want to see, you think I don't like Dolph Ziggler or or what have you, whatever he said. I thought that was an interesting line. Um, You know, they've been making Dolph look really good. Um, I'm going to say the Money in the Bank briefcase winner is going to be Wade Barrett. Wow. I, I would rather it be Ziggler. And I think they're trying to lead you, lead you to believe it's going to be Rollins, but uh, we'll go with Bad News Barrett.
0: And do you have any? So you don't have any problem with the idea of guy having money in the bank and also another title?
1: <clears throat> no, I don't care. Okay, it doesn't matter to me.
0: So, so then you would like to see Ziggler win, but you think Barrett's going to win?
1: Yeah, I mean. If Rollins, Ambrose, Ziggler, or Barrett won, I wouldn't have a problem, and those will be the four guys who really have the only legit chance to win. So, yeah, I'd be fine with that. What, what do you What do you think?
0: I think that they're going to go. I you know what? I'd like to say Barrett. I... I... I mean, I think you know what I think. We're gonna, I think they're gonna go safe. I think they go, uh, I think they go Rollins, and then uh, you start the at least the two month feud of Battleground and SummerSlam of Rollins and Ambrose, and maybe one of those matches with the uh, the briefcase on the line.
1: Yeah, I mean that's possible, but I think that there's. I feel like if there's got to be something to further the feud, to keep this feud going. I think the best way to do that would be for Ambrose to cost Rollins a shot at the money in the bank, or vice versa, you know? Mm -hmm. So I feel like, and I feel like they're going to want to keep that feud separate from the money in the bank. I could be wrong, but Barrett at this point, you know, he's won his IC title matches. He's won, you know, every match for the last few months. Um, You know, so that scene is kind of getting maybe, I don't want to say stale, but... You know, he's kind of run through the gamut of mid-card, you know, upper-mid-carders for the IC title. So, this would be a good place, good spot to put him in. I don't know.
0: Uh, Let's see. So, then, before we get to your prediction of the world title uh, match or WWE Unified World Title of the Worlds or whatever they're calling it, uh, they should just call it, you know, the big gold belt. But, um... I don't know if you saw this or not, and I know you don't read spoilers, and I don't consider this a spoiler because I'm not on it, but the WWE often, to the people who subscribe to their newsletter, will put out uh, different polls on, you know, what type of DVDs you want them to put out content-wise and what you want to see on the network. Well, the, the latest one they put out was, who would you like to see Brock Lesnar face for the WWE world title at SummerSlam. And the, and the choices were the seven people before last night with Kane were in the, the title match for Money in the Bank. So, you know, this could all be just a ruse, but the common thread going on right now is Brock Lesnar will be in that title match at SummerSlam. So I guess to put this twofold, I guess, one, do you believe the idea of Brock being in the main main event? And does that affect your choice at all? With Brock being it, does that make you lean towards more of a face ha- facing him? Or is it, you know, a, someone who do you think would be the best transitional champion that it won't hurt if it is Brock? What, what's your opinion on that? I know I'm taking a little bit off here, but that's something that has been going around the last day or two. And to let you know, I mean, the person leading right now, <clears throat> as of yesterday, with I think about 43 or 44 percent, was Roman Reigns, Mr. Intense. Of course. Smith.
1: Of course. I'm not surprised
0: at all. So, and I believe John Cena was third after uh, Cesaro.
1: Okay, that's interesting. That, that's interesting. I mean, the internet fans aren't as big John Cena fans as the fans, you know, you know, the kids and the, the the women in the audience. Um, that's interesting. So, I think that we've been talking about Lesnar being in this SummerSlam match for a while now. We suspected that's where his next spot would be. That's kind of where they're going with him. I also think Corey, I think he has to win the title. No, he just beat The Undertaker. I feel like he almost has to win the title. So you need to position him against somebody who he's going to beat. You want to put him against a baby face. You know, we've talked a while about, you know, and you've mentioned this, I mean, months ago about the reason they put Cesaro with Paul Heyman to eventually Paul, turn Cesaro and have him go against Brock Lesnar. But I almost don't know if you do that yet. I think you wait on that a little bit and continue to establish Cesaro as a, as a heel. So then I think that eliminates Cesaro. Bray Wyatt, I mean, you don't want Bray Wyatt going against Brock Lesnar. That doesn't make any sense. So that would eliminate him in theory, although I think he would be one of the Logical candidates to win the match. You could have it be Roman Reigns, but, I mean, do you want to see him go against Brock Lesnar and lose the match two months after winning it? I don't know. If I'd want to see that. And I, you know, quite honestly, as much as I love Reigns, I don't know if he's ready for that just yet. Or, and we know how I feel about him. I could care less. Sheamus, I could care less. Del is a jobber. So, That kind of leaves John Cena. I mean, Kane. You know, we know whatever. That kind of leaves John Cena. I hate it so much. (laughs) I don't want to see it. But if you're going to put anyone against Brock Lesnar, that Lesnar could beat at SummerSlam. And if you're thinking like we're thinking that Brock Lesnar is going to be in the main event of SummerSlam, then you would think that guy that he would face would be John Cena. You know, using logic, which the WWE doesn't always use, I think that's where I'd have to go with that.
0: You know what? Let's, let me throw this at you. I don't want him to win the match because I think he's – You know, I think you know where I'm going. He's a stale character. I think it's time for a change, turn heel, whatever. But if you're going to really have ah. – If you're going to have a lame duck champion for basically, what, six weeks until uh, – six to, what, eight weeks until SummerSlam happens, you have Battleground and then you have SummerSlam – isn't the guy who it wouldn't hurt and would most likely be a hard, a very hard, you know, uh, rough style match, Sheamus. Give Sheamus title for a month and a half and have him, to, and have him you know, have a hard-fought match with Brock. And Brock could kill him. It's, you know, with that pasty white skin, the, the welts will look even better. I mean, it won't be exactly the best talking segments in the history of mankind, but... If you have Sheamus as a, traditional champ, a tra- transitional champion, I think that kind of works. I don't want him to win the match. I don't think he does. But I think if that's where they're going, with uh, Brock going for the title at the, uh, in August, I think that's the safest choice where no one gets her in the long run.
1: I, so this is what I was thinking, too. The Sheamus thing is interesting. Um, but... First of all, can we just talk about that Reigns-Sheamus Se- segment? She- Reigns looked like such a star, and Sheamus looked like such a jobber in it. I-, I know you didn't feel that way, you know, whatever. You're a little different about Reigns than I am at this point. But I don't know. I- Sheamus looked like such a jobber at that point. But anyway, moving on. I- you could have Seamus win it and be the transitional shaman. But then the other thing I'm thinking is... I just have a champion for six weeks, he goes through that ladder, he climbs up the ladder, he goes through seven guys to get the WWE World Heavyweight Championship, and then he loses it six weeks later and gets destroyed by Brock Lesnar. It's tough. It's a tough... That's tough. And if you have Sheamus win, he's got the US title, you have him hold both titles, is give up one up in the tournament and then he loses six weeks later again anyway at SummerSlam. And where do you go with his character after that? I think where Cena can lose and then who cares? I mean, it's not a big deal, but I'm, I'm I see where you're going with the Sheamus thing now. Again, we're also assuming that Lesnar is going to be in the main event of SummerSlam for the WWE World Heavyweight title, which absolutely may not be the case. And I think. If, if if he if that isn't the case, I think Bray Wyatt or Roman Reigns will win. Interesting. Um,
0: my pick is good. I th- I I'd like to see Bray Wyatt win, but with uh, the idea of possibly Brock Lesnar looming in, in the background. As much as it hurts me, as one of the smart marks, as I actually put up the uh, quotation marks because I'm so cool, um, I'm going to say Cena. I think Cena's going to get his uh, 15th, I guess, title reign, which makes me throw up a little in my mouth that he's getting even closer to uh, Slick Rick's, you know, uh, amount of titles he has. The you know, the greatest world champion of all time. But I, th- I think that Cena is the safe choice. It's, it's funny saying Cena is a safe choice when, you know, he gets hurt, like, you know, once every, like, five months now. So, I mean, I don't know. I, I think the idea of Bray Wyatt, and we'll talk about this, I guess, right now. And the Wyatts having both titles when we start Raw on Monday could be very a very interesting scene with uh, their odd new tag team music. But, um, I don't know. I think I'm going to go with Cena. I'd like to see Bray win. But I think you're going to have Cena and Rollins come out of Money in the Bank with, with the uh, the title and the briefcase, respectively.
1: Okay. All right. I'm going to go with Barrett, and I'm also going to agree with you. I think it's going to be Cena. Uh, but I would like it to be Bray Wyatt. I'm going to say, say that for the record. All
0: right. Um, if, I know that we keep on saying that we're going to talk about Vicky Guerrero, but let's – get this out of the way because I think uh, the Vicky stuff is going to be more interesting with um, after nine years of her being with the company after the tragic death of her husband uh, let's let's quickly get into what else we know about this card we have the Wyatts the Wyatt family I guess or whatever we call them against the Usos I personally think the Wyatts are going to win the titles and I think it will be a very good match they'll get a lot of time but
1: that music is kind of dumb. let <laughs> just say that. Um, I think that, um, and I didn't even hear the music to be honest with you, but I think that the, uh, I think the Wyatt family will win the match. I think that's kind of what they've been building toward. Um, they've had some ter- tremendous matches. I think the Wyatts have earned the tag team titles, and I think that's what will happen on Sunday.
0: You know, that was another problem I had, I guess, with Raw was that you're you're trying to build this this title match, and what do you have, like five minutes of total time of the Wyatts and the Usos on the show?
1: But they've built that over the last several weeks. I mean, they had like a 30-minute match a couple of weeks ago. You're so right. I think they've built that fun. All
0: right. I'm, I'm just saying, you know, I, I think sometimes, I understand it's the total build, but sometimes I think it's the last image you have. And the last image we had was... Basically, not much. So I mean, and I understand that the main the main attraction for this is the two Money in the Bank matches, and everything else is going to be less important. So I do understand that absolutely. Do you have any opinion on the Divas match, or should we go right into uh, Vickie Guerrero?
1: I think it'll be a solid match. I'm glad Naomi's getting a shot. I think she might actually win the belt, and um, I see that. I think this is really shaping up to be a good pay per view. I think Naomi and Paige could uh, turn out to be uh, an excellent match.
0: And you know what? As of right now, we have like four matches, maybe five less matches, the more time that uh, these women will get. And hopefully they'll be able to shine. But, you know, uh, just keep Cameron off
1: of my uh, television. She oh, is- God, she's awful. She is. She's awful. Why is she? I mean, I know she's employed with them because it's Total Divas. But she's terrible. She's bad in the ring. No way. Like, ah, oh, she's, oh, she's she's awful. Go ahead, moving on. <laughs> I
0: understand. Uh, so let's get into Vicky Guerrero. I'm going to tell you right off the bat, one of the few things I actually liked about Raw this week, as much as I railed on it, is I really did like the stuff with Vicky Guerrero and Stephanie. I do think Stephanie, like I say week after week, is on our TV way too much at this point. And, but, you know, it's, it's amazing. You don't even realize it's been nine years that she was part of this company. And she's gone through a lot. And it's, you know, it's good to see that she was able to leave the company with her head held high. And being able to say, you know, one last time, you know, and I love you to her her husband, who you know, who gave everything to this business. And Eddie Guerrero, who is one of the most underrated performers maybe in the history of the business. And I'll be honest, when I heard that music last night, the old Eddie Guerrero, Los uh, Guerreros music, I didn't cheer up, but I had emotions come back to me that I didn't realize were still there after all this time. Because Eddie was one of those guys who I followed from, you know, his couple of matches at the end in ECW to his run in, in WCW into, you know, WWE being the champion. And then, you know, finding out that morning, actually I was at work. I found out from a phone call from a friend that Eddie Guerrero had, you know, tragically died. And even, and at that point it hit me hard, but you know, I know this is supposed to be about Vicky, but Eddie was someone special and you saw how talented Vicky was these these past nine years, it wasn't always smooth sailing, but it was entertaining to say the least.
1: So, you know, I, I, apparently a lot of what Vicky did last night with the with the stuff was obviously A tribute to her husband with the music. Um, she did a great job with it. Vicky's made a lot of chicken salad, you know, out of chicken shit. She really has. She's done a good job with a lot of the stuff that she's been given, from the edge stuff to the BGM GM a million times. She's really done a nice job and she's been an entertaining part of Raw and SmackDown for the past nine years. Yeah, it was funny because it was a lot about Eddie yesterday in a weird way. Um, You know, Stephanie had a great line saying, you know, Eddie may deserve their respect, but you don't. And making her grovel, I mean, it made Stephanie McMahon look like such a a heel, such a bitch. Um, The only thing is, it's interesting We've been waiting for Stephanie to get this payoff of just this horrible thing happening to her. And it's interesting that it happened on a Raw and not on pay-per-view. You know, everyone's been waiting for her to get get hers, get her just desserts. And she got it on regular TV, two weeks in a row, actually. That being said, I, I really am glad um, they, they did a nice job with the segment with Vicky. I'm glad she got a nice send-off. Um, she's moving on in her life to, to other things, which is tr- terrific. And again, I mean, Stephanie McMahon was tremendous. She was on the TV too much. I agree with you. But she's the best heel that they have. So, and, and Vicky, Stephanie was so good as a heel. She got Vicky over as a babyface. She actually got Vicky over because the fans hated Stephanie so much. That's, that also tells you what kind of heel she's been over the last year, year and a half or so. So good for Vicky. Uh, Eddie is one of my top ten all-time favorite wrestlers, and I close. And, um, you know, it was nice to hear that music last night.
0: It really was. And like I said, I mean, even thinking about it now, you know, I took a second to breathe, I guess. Because, you know, th- that music, just like, it, I'll be honest, it hit me. I'm sitting there watching the show, and when like you know, I put I had a couple of things I was going to use from that seg- that first segment for you know one of the clips that we use. I was going to most likely you know either use her graveling and you know you don't even do that well, and a couple different things in that segment, and you know her just saying you know, Vicky saying you know that there's there's one family that has more. Well, I'm I'm going to screw this line up, but either has more respect or. More well known than the McMahon's, it's the Guerrero's. Like that, t- that type of stuff. Just like for the hardcore fans, that really goes and says, as much as you screw things up every week, McMahon's, you ever once you get one of the, some of those one-liners that just go, "All right, you still know what you're doing because you know how to, you know, tug at the heartstrings." Yeah, good. Well, we'll go from that somber note to uh, to a break. We'll be back with um, some more. Uh, like I said before, ROH had a pay-per-view this past weekend. Uh, the lighting still wasn't what you call, you know, visible.
1: Uh, I mean, when there, when Corey, were there 15 people or 500 or 1,000? I had no idea.
0: I'm not sure if you were able to see any of them. Okay. But uh, we'll be back with more of the show. I got you,
1: i I got you. But instead, you come out here, and all of a sudden it's the Dixie Show. Yes, And it's not called Dixie Wrestling. It's called TNA Impact Wrestling. If you want your own reality show, go pitch it to Hollywood. Because the last time I checked, you're not a wrestler.
0: And it's your
1: responsibility to give the best product each and every week on television
0: it's that time in the show guys wwe was took the first two segments third third segment is about stuff that we actually like to talk about ring of honor tna to a much lesser extent global you like
1: i don't like talking about tna it's an awful show I'd much rather talk about Eddie Guerrero and the Money in the Bank pay-per-view than Bobby Lashley being champion. And the fact that they, I could only see like 10 people at the Ring of Honor pay-per-view.
0: I personally thought uh, top to bottom, I think TNA uh, Impact might have been a better show than Raw this week. But that's that's another other, subject. Other
1: than the fact that they screwed up the main event again.
0: Are we uh, We're talking about uh, Raw
1: at this point? No, of course we're not talking about Raw. We're talking about your favorite company, the company that you're a, a mark for, TNA.
0: Wow. What a – you ask a guy about uh, why, uh, why soccer players play once every, like, five days and all of a sudden the, the venom comes out. I apologize again. Um, but let's get into this ROH uh, pay-per-view. I, uh, I took time out. I watched the show. I thought it was a good show. Not a great show. I think that it looked it looked good on on pay per view. It looked good in HD. Um, I thought everybody worked you know worked hard. I, I think that the lighting is still a problem, and uh, I believe we'll hear over the next couple of days from Court Bauer and the like about some problems they had with the lighting. Which uh, it'll be interesting to see what things you know should have worked that didn't work. We didn't have any major su- surprises. Uh, Matt Sydal, who was just recently released uh, from WWE, where he worked as Evan Boyd, was backstage. You know, so he, at least uh, he was there. He wasn't used because I, I, wasn't. You know, they didn't want to give up the ninety days of you know of, of the good pay before he goes back yeah. on the independents, makes nothing again. Yeah,
1: like I said, not and gonna give up that money. You're not
0: gonna give up that good money if you, if you don't have to. But um, I thought, like I said, I thought it was a good show. One of the things that I've I've thought about while watching was. After the Kevin Steen Silas Young match, that would be the time on a lot of these shows where you get an intermission, and I think the fans kind of put their own intermission during the first like five to ten minutes of the uh, Bad Influence versus O'Reilly and Fish match, which I thought yeah, was a I very good I, match,
1: I but it was dead. I thought it was a, I thought it was, a, I, thought it was a, I thought it may have been the best match of the night. I loved that match, but the fans did not seem like they were into. The match at first, when Bad Influence came out, you thought Daniels would get, like, the standing O and the fans would be going crazy. They were like, all right, he's here, great. They weren't that, uh, you know, enthusiastic as much as I thought. Maybe the crowd was tired, but I thought the crowd seemed quiet. You know, they didn't seem as loud as I've heard, you know, we were at Ring of Honor, you know, a month ago. They weren't as loud and boisterous as I've heard them in the past. I don't know if you felt the same way.
0: Uh, I thought as the show went on, I agree. I think they, get t- they got tired. And I think that the ROH crowd is used to the idea of having a couple minutes to uh, decompress during these shows, especially with the iPay pay-per-views. And I would agree with uh, others who have said, you know what, intermissions I don't think are ever a good thing on pay-per-view. But you know, maybe that was the point where you could have had some sort of a buffer match. Not a squash match, but something that was less important to let the fans go and decompress before you had the co-main event?
1: Yeah, I agree. I think they could have done something. I mean, that's why we make fun of the WWE for the women's matches, but, you know, that's why they throw those on there. Um, they had that weird segment with the Moose guy, the guy who was the former NFL player. That segment was awful. Oh,
0: I still have no um, idea who that, that was. Do you know who that was?
1: Yeah, I looked him up. He was, he was a lineman in the NFL for seven years, but... And congratulations to him wanting to, you know, be a professional wrestler. He was, yeah he's a lineman. A lot of the linemen we don't know, but, um, you know, God bless him. He wants to be a professional wrestler, and he wants to make it. I mean, he can't fuck worth the lick, but, um, you know, God bless him for them giving him a chance. It was a kind of rough segment, but a way to introduce him. You know, it was interesting. Um, Will Pruitt, who writes for ProWrestling.net, he had an interesting article about the pay-per-view And one of the things she talked about was the idea of, okay, you're assuming that the Ring of Honor hardcore fans are watching it. But you're also assuming that a new audience is watching this for the first time. And they did a good job of telling you why a certain guy is mad at a certain guy. I thought the television packages were really good. I thought that was one of the best things they did. But at the end of the pay-per-view, it almost seemed like the season finale of a show with no cliffhanger. Okay, Michael Elgin won. So what's next? So if you're watching it for the first time, what is the reason to watch the next show, the next pay-per-view? There weren't any real storylines, any big storylines anyway, that left you kind of hanging, saying, oh, I want to see more, I want to see more. And I think that's a good point by by Mr. ProWrestling.net. There weren't any storylines to leave you hanging, to leave you wanting more. It was... It was a good show. It was a good Ring of Honor show. The guys worked hard. It was money well spent, no doubt about it. But could they have done more in terms of the storylines to leave you wanting more? Um, you know, for the future.
0: Uh, Will Pruitt, a uh, very good writer for ProWrestling.net, respect his opinion. Was actually trying to look at this, the article while you were uh, giving a brief description. Uh, I can't disagree with with that at all. Um, it would have been interesting to see – I mean, you don't need need someone to come in and, you know, take out Michael Elkin when the match is over because you don't want to ruin that moment of him, you know, finally realizing his dream and being the 19th person to hold that title, which is an, an amazing fact on the amount that, you know, the titles change, you know, nowadays. Uh, but
1: no,
0: it would have been interesting if you at least maybe saw someone in the, the walkway, you know, in the aisle, you know – Maybe another heel of some sort to be a next challenger, and from what I've seen, the the, uh, the television for this week is going to be the the basically the from beginning to end on Michael Elkin, how he got to where he is, which uh, I guess that's a nice little thing, but I don't know how that furthers your television. But uh, I thought, like I said, I thought it was a good show. Everyone worked hard. Uh, I thought Cedric Alexander and Roderick Strong had a really good match.
1: I agree. I thought it was an awesome match.
0: I think Cedric Alexander can be a star. I mean, the only problem is, and I know that size shouldn't matter, but I'll, the one thing you look at all of those stats when these guys come out, which is great when they you give the, you know, at the beginning of the code of honor, every one of that company is 5'11". <laughs> it's amazing. They but might be two hundred five. A
1: lot of the be... WWE guys are five eleven now. A lot of these WWE guys are not not six feet tall anymore. I think that I think wrestling has changed from a big monster guy standpoint to a lot more athleticism. A lot more guys who are similar size, and you could say, well, that makes it more difficult for guys to break out. But I I think it's possible. So I agree with you. The guy sizes are, well, Cedric Alexander seems a little bit bigger. I could be wrong. But you're right. Most of their guys are 5'11". Like Michael Elgin and Adam Cole were exactly 5'11". So I I agree with you. But, you know, that's not something that Ring of Honor needs to worry about. They just need to worry about having the guys put good matches on. I thought the Red Dragon match was tremendous. I really did. I thought the Michael Elgin-Cole match was great. Uh, the Matt Hardy match um, against the Bristols, I think, th- think those guys worked hard. Um, the Jay Lethal Matt Taven match, I thought it was okay. It was a good match. Um, I don't love Lethal as a heel. I don't think they. I don't. I don't know. I don't like him as a heel. Um, and I th- and ACH, you know how I feel about him. I <laughs> I think he's amazing, and um, I, I thought he did a good job, you know, in that match. So yeah, I, I thought a, a pretty solid pay per view. You know the. The lighting wasn't good. It seemed like there were 100 people in the crowd. I think, Corey, my problem is the show looked too indie. It looked too indie. It was in HD, which was great, and I know in the Ring of Honor is an independent company, but I would have loved to have, to, for them to have been at like the Manhattan Center, where you knew there were 3,000 people, that you knew they were into it. I don't know about this being at Nashville was the best idea, I, mean, I don't know how, what the crowd was. I don't know if you know those numbers. But watching it on TV, it seemed like there were 300 people there. And I think that's not good for the show. I don't think you want to introduce new people into this show and they're only look, looking like, appearing to be only 300 people there. I know that NXT, watching that, there's only, literally there's only 400 people at those shows. But I feel like the amount of people that are there, it makes it seem like there's more at NXT. They're on top of the on top of the ring almost they're they're really they're they're, they're loud, they're into it. I felt like the crowd was they were quieter, um, maybe they were tired, they weren't as into a lot of the things, and they just it didn't look like there were that many people there. and I think that presentation's difficult in terms of reeling new fans in. All
0: right, before we move on. You, I know you most. I don't think you saw the the entire show for uh, TNA Slammiversary. and I know that you're a much bigger fan and apologist for ROH than you ever will be for as a frustrated person who has to watch TNA now because we do this podcast. But what was from what you can, being honest, what was a better show, top to bottom, with everything equated? What was a better show, the ROH show or the TNA show? It's you know
1: what. It's not that it, it's.
0: I mean, you're, you're fighting for uh, being the number two company, so... I
1: mean. I'm going to say, yeah, I'm going to say... I didn't see all the Slammiversary, so that's also my thing. I'll, I'm going to say Ring of Honor because of that tag match. I thought the tag match was, was awesome. I thought their tag match was awesome. And again, like I said, I didn't see all of so, you know, whatever. But I thought the tag was awesome. And the the world title match was great. Um, so there, were, there was a lot that I liked on the ROH pay-per-view. So I would go with ROH.
0: Okay. And I will say that might be the, the sickest ref bump I have ever seen. I mean, he looked like he
1: got his head kicked off, Corey.
0: Now, for people who haven't seen the show yet, during the Adam Cole-Michael Elkin title match, Todd Sinclair, who uh, looks more like me as being the fat guy than uh, the professional wrestlers out there, took a super kick from Adam Cole, especially in HD, still look like, he might be dead. I, I was super impressed, and I personally think that most likely they should have had another referee continue the match
1: to go. Do you think there were, too many, think there were too many run-ins in that last match? I thought it was I thought it was okay, but do you think there were too many run-ins in that last match?
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that that's a problem that companies have where you don't know. Sometimes it's like a great movie. You have all these ideas and you want to get them all in. And then all of a sudden you realize that you only have five minutes left and you still have 14 ideas that you wanted to use. So you throw them all in. I mean, I, I personally think, you know, m- you know, having Matt Hardy, who you know, after taking that bump, which I will give him credit for a guy who's not under contract, taking that the J driller and uh, through the table. I, you know, I don't think you mostly should have seen him again, you know, for the rest of the night. I mean, I mean, I guess they needed a way to get uh, War Machine, I think their name of their tag team is, you know, on the card, I guess. But I think that when you have that big of a match, your first time on pay-per-view, I think it should have been a clean, uh, should have been a clean finish.
1: Okay, fair enough.
0: And, you know, they hey, you know, they had a... Nick Cersei from uh, Justified, Peabody uh, winner at the show. Great, sh- Justified's a great show. He's a good actor. But uh, is that the biggest guy that you can get to be on the show?
1: <laughs> I mean, it's it's, it's the indies. They only look like they had 50 people there. So, I mean, if you're watching it, like, man, they got, they got from Justified. They only have 50 people that go to their shows. So that shit looked pretty big. Uh, all right, Corey. So you being the TNA mark. What what would you what would you say? And I I know that wrangled you. So you know what would you say um, in terms of which show was was better? And being which show is better is tough. But which show did you which show did you enjoy more? Let's put it that way. I
0: I think I like the RO the ROH show more because of the fact that it was, you know, the first time and it, it felt more spe- specialer, if that's even a word, more special. But, I mean, I think that uh, that Cage match, the three-way, I thought was very good. I thought Ares and Kenny King had a really good match. So, I mean, but I, I really, I think the best thing out of the two shows was most likely the O'Reilly-Fish versus Bad Influence match. I think you know the crowd was better at TNA by far. I think the uh, the moment of uh, of Kevin von er- uh, the Von Ericks I thought was really special. But I think when push comes to shove, I think I give a slight advantage to ROH. But I thought it was a very good two weekends for companies not called WWE.
1: Well, it was, it was a good uh, two weeks, but then TNA messed it up this week again.
0: <sighs> Depends on who you talk to. I mean, a lot of well, people well, out well, there... For those who
1: don't know, Bobby Lashley is now your TNA uh, World Heavyweight Champion. On this very podcast last week, I mentioned if you are going to establish Eric Young as a guy, as a TNA World Heavyweight Champion, and establish him as not just a guy who's a joke, you have to keep this title on him until, I think I mentioned, you know, uh, their kind of their, um, what is their their main pay-per-view called, their WrestleMania? Bound for Glory. Bound for Glory. They would have to have him, uh, which is in October, have him hold the title until Bound for Glory. And literally the next week he loses the title. And if,
0: <laughs> and if you remember, I, I agreed with you. Both of us liked Eric Young as champion. It took you a little bit longer than I did. But now it's back to him. Not, I mean, it's gonna be interesting where they go with him.
1: But Corey now, just, but, Corey, why, why have they taken been taking all this time to build him as a champion to then have him lose? It doesn't uh, make any sense. Why build him to have the title all this time?
0: Because uh, Brian, Brian Danielson. I'm sorry, sorry, I haven't done that in a while. Daniel Bryant with a beard had a title, so DNA had had a beard champion. Uh, WWE Daniel Bryant no longer has a title, so TNA no
1: longer needs to be a guy's champion. No, no, that's that's. I mean, that's ridiculous. What's the reason they took the title off this guy? Because oh, So soon, improve, so soon. Because what are they going to do? Bobby Lash is going to be their guy now. He can't even talk. He's oh, a you- big. He's a big guy who's a monster. He shouldn't even be the champion. He should be the guy who is a monster guy. Who puts other guys over? You know, it doesn't make any sense. You know where are I, they going? I think they had. I
0: think they had a plan. Of Bobby Roode, they had, played, they on, had let a let me, plan.
1: Oh, that's I one. Mean, <sighs> Hold on. The, 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 the other issue is the other issue is the 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 TNA World Heavyweight Title was switched, right? They changed the title. The champion lost unexpectedly with literally no build after winning in a cage match the week before against the same competitor. After he wins the title, they attack him, Eric Young, for whatever reason. They already won the damn title. Why are they attacking the babyface after winning? clean by the way he won against the babyface champion clean and then bobby Roode comes out and the lasting image in tna is not the guy who just won the title it's bobby rude coming back
0: hold on what hold on so they're putting just... the
1: importance of bobby Roode returning to the tna title i don't know they're making the bobby Roode importance look more than the tna world title they have taken that title and they make they make it look like a piece of trash Hold a on. piece of trash. Hold
0: on, I'm gonna hold on. Let me fin- let me let me put what. See, n- now you make me defend TNA when I wasn't going to. But I, I just want to go with logic here. One of the things that you agreed with with Will with uh, Will Pruitt's uh, take on ROH was at the end of the ROH pay per view there didn't appear to be any bill to anything else coming up. TNA did the exact the, the exact opposite. They went. Had a title change, and then they went and built to another contender right away. Did they not? You may not like Bobby Roode being champ, uh, Bobby Lashley being champion, but did they not just? Do- they could have done that next week. Hold on, but wasn't the thing that we, you just agreed with with the Will, William Pruitt? Will, sorry, Will Pruitt's story was that they didn't build anything at the end of that pay per view, and now you're saying they could have built it the following week. You got to go and continue the same track here.
1: No, because we know the story. Oh, no, no, no. A big difference. There is no One. difference. No, no, no. There's a big difference. I'm going to tell you. All right. With the, Michael, with the Michael Elgin thing, they have built the story for six months that he wants to be champion. He wants to be champion. This title means the world to him. This title means so much to him. There's been no build for this Bobby Lashley match. So you, would as a fan, would assume Bobby Lashley won this match. So next week, Eric Young is going to have a rematch and is going to challenge him. The story does not, the story didn't end. When Michael Elgin won the world title, the story ended. His quest for the title ended. Now he's got to defend the title, whatever. Bobby Lashley's quest didn't end. We didn't even know he had a quest. We didn't even know he had a quest. Because there was nothing built in saying that this was going to happen. So I understand what you're saying, building toward the next week but the story was already ongoing with them so it wasn't like Bobby Lashley was saying I can't wait to be the champion this is what I've been building up for yada 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 they 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 didn't so to me the story was already going to continue it's all about what the story is and the problem is with this Bobby Lashley story they didn't have they didn't have a, a, they didn't tell you what the story was why not have Eric Young win the match or whatever and then have them beat the hell out of Eric Young and then have Bobby Roode return. You're you still building Bobby Roode up to return and you're building Bobby Roode against you're building Bobby Roode against the, the, the MLK and he's fighting M L K with Eric Young, his buddy. And they go, you know, Team Canada coming back or whatever. And then they're going to try to beat these guys and, and whatever. I there's other ways you could have done this instead of having Eric Young lose the time. It doesn't make sense, Corey, I, to have him lose the time because Bobby Lash is going to come out there every week and kind of promo. The guy's got marble in his mouth.
0: That's why you still have let – me, let me try to get a couple of points in here, all right? We, we can continue this for a few minutes. The initial idea, and I know you could say it didn't, didn't happen, so you change, but the initial idea from day one was for MVP – To be champion. And then more than that, let me finish. To feud with Bobby Roode or Bully Ray. The two biggest, I know they both used to be heels 10 minutes ago. Two biggest faces in the company for people who actually know something. And MVP got hurt. So they went and changed, changed the direction. We're still having one of the people in MVP stable win the title. And MVP still can talk. For, Bob, for Bobby Lashley, and you also have to look at it this way. This is going to be—you're going to tell me this is ridiculous—and you can't go and most likely go and book for you know for three nights. But if you ask the average person who lives in the tri-state area, more more than anything, New York, and you have three shows this coming week in New York, who most likely are WWE only people. Who do they know? Do they know Eric Young, or do they know Bobby Lashley, who was with the WWE? They're going to more than likely say Bobby Lashley, because it didn't most likely make sense at this point to have Bully Ray, who's your most likely most over guy, especially in the New York area, with the ECW and the WWE pedigree, to be champion. Do I agree with the idea of Bobby Lashley, who can't, like you said, can't talk his way out of a paper bag, being champion? No, but I do understand why they kept with the idea what they were going to initially do. I mean, that brings up some other things we can go into either this week or in the upcoming weeks. But with them taping so many weeks of television back to back, after this Friday, you're basically going to have the next two and a half months of television already filled. You know, when what happens with, you know, with still not knowing what their situation was with Spike TV is, you know, they're trying to go and book on what they think is going to get most people to watch and what and the people that of the Spike so TV.
1: Then why, so why make Eric Dung the champion in the first place? If they knew that this is what they were going to do, if they knew that they needed to get the most, they knew they were going to try to book a show in New York City. They knew they were going to try to keep Spike happy, that they had this contract coming up. Why not make Bobby Lashley the champion? Why not make Jeff Hardy the champion, or Bully Ray the champion in the first place? Make him the champion in the first place. Why give Eric Young the title in the first place? Give him the title after you have the TV contract, after things are settled. Why give him the title in the first place? How, and, and now he's going to be a background guy, you know, for this. He, you know, the whole TNA thing. Um, I'm seeing how it looks like it's going to be Jeff Hardy challenging for the title. So you're right. It sounded like there was some element of Bobby Lashley being the champion coming to New York City, but then how short-sighted is that? How short-sighted is that to give the title to this guy because you're going to be in New York City for a couple of days? It's ridiculous. It's going to be a of days, with but yeah. there, You're going to literally book your company based on where you're going to be for the next few weeks? Come on. Come on. And, and then – and if you're gonna do it, don't be short-sighted. Say we're gonna give Jeff Hardy the title and have him be the champion. Not Willow or this ridiculous character. Have Jeff no, it's Hardy not, not gonna be, be the like, champion.
0: I, I think the Willow character will be dead by the time they get they get to New York.
1: I well, mean whatever. and this is but do you understand what I'm saying? It's the short sightedness about this that annoys me. If they give Bobby Lashley the title at some point, Whatever they give this, it's always the short sightedness. They do everything on the fly, and that just—that's just, that's not how you build. I don't,
0: but you know I what? Just, I don't. Hold on a second. I don't think the one thing that, for years, people could at least—maybe you don't think this, but most people would agree with—is that TNA may not always do the execution right. Absolutely, but they usually plan a lot more in advance than WWE does. When they how, have a how? what was it?
1: What have they What have they planned? What are they What are they plan with this? I'm not I'm talking about with this specific thing, the six sides of the ring, the switching characters every two weeks. You never know who's a heel who's a face. They They haven't planned stuff. I, I don't know what you know what TNA you're watching. Maybe you, Maybe the TNA when Samoa Joe was going against Kurt Angle seven years or eight years ago, but every Every time there's a we don't know who's a face, who's a heel. Bobby Roode was a, a heel two weeks ago. Now he's a face. This guy was a this. Now he's a this. I don't call that planning. I call them right. just throwing I, I, crap on a dartboard and see what's hold next. Hold
0: on. I disagree with you on that one because, you know what, you want to say that this is coming out of nowhere. The whole entire story leading in was the fact that MVP had decided to go and fire Bobby Roode, and then that's why Bobby Roode came out and wasn't part of the locker room when he went and got rid of every all the faces to leave when the, the title match happened. Bobby Roode, who wasn't an wasn't an employee at this point, went and came in because he was you know fired, and, it's, and that was building the idea of MVP was power hungry. Go, you know, fires Bobby Roode, and now Bobby Roode's going back as it looks like as a face to go and take take out. The, you know, the guy who has Chloe,
1: too much power. Corey, I'm not talking about one or two things. You're trying to give me these little examples. First of all, but that's Bobby your title a, picture. You know, Hold on. First of all, Bobby Roode was a deal on that pay-per-view with the whole Dixie Carter thing. Correct. That's one thing. Okay. So let's go to that. That was like two months ago. Okay. The, my biggest problem is there isn't a long-term plan. They're switching guys every couple of months. And that's my biggest problem. Bobby Lashley, they just they gave him the title. Short-sightedness. Always with TNA. That's why they have getting the 1.1 rating they've gotten for the last whatever. They got the same people to watch their show the, the, every week. And it's uh, – whatever. Yeah, whatever. right, we'll see where they go with Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode's tremendous. And I, I think he's great. I think he's super talented. I think – and, Corey, my thing is I think this could be a decent feud. I, I don't think – I think this could be a decent feud. But I think you're really less, less, lessening the guy who you had as a champion. And my my point is, why give him the title? Why give Eric Young the title? Why, have, why, why hey, would they, you have made him the champion? They tried why something. Not, why would you have given it to Jeff Hardy?
0: They tried something different. They felt after, at this point in time, it didn't work. And now they decided to move on.
1: But there was no bill to even give him the title. There was, okay, so, of course, there was no bill to give him the title. And then you're shocked that it doesn't work?
0: Hey, I'll agree with you on that one.
1: I'll agree with you then.
0: All right, before we move on to a couple other items before we head out of here today, I personally, like I said, I thought that TNA was was better than Raw this past week. And one of the main reasons was, and I don't know if you remember this or not, but I think the best thing that we saw non-pay-per-view this week on any wrestling show was the Dixie Carter Tommy Dreamer segment. And I don't know if you remember it or not, but I yeah, thought I, watched it. I thought that was tremendous television. I know it's, you know, Tommy Dreamer hasn't most likely to most people been relevant, in, you know, in a, in more than a decade. But the passion that he showed in that promo made me interested made me interested in Tommy Dreamer again and made me a little bit more interested in the whole type of Dixie Carter disaster of her being on TV every week. I really enjoyed that promo and I thought it was better than anything else we saw on TV.
1: I thought it was a good promo. There's still too much talker on these impacts. I mean, there's still too way too way too much talking. Um, but I agree. I thought it was a good segment. Um, I thought it was a good segment in getting Dixie over as a heel as well. So I think that mission was accomplished. You know, Time of Dreamers beloved. You know, everyone loves you know who he is, what he stands for. And I agree. I think I think it was a very I thought it was a very solid segment. I was into the segment. I was watching it i was into it so i i you. it was a good segment
0: okay all right i guess we'll move on from that because like i said uh i thought it was the best thing i saw all the week that wasn't our paper. i mean team, it was
1: but... i mean it was good i mean it was good but my question is where where is it going i mean that would be my question where where do you think they go i mean what's the you know like i always say i'm always you know thinking about the big picture what's the payoff
0: well, the payoff I mean, in the long
1: run is. I think going through a table or fixing
0: going through a table, but oh, absolutely! I think that I think that could happen in one of these uh, three shows in New York. I think, and that's and I think the idea that you are most likely going to have, you know, uh, Tommy Dreamer versus you know EC three, which makes and I am sure that EC three will win. It makes EC three, EC three, who I think is one of the best guys, that if he was in, if he was given a true chance in WWE and not being you know Derek Bateman. I think that, you know, he could be doing something like this, what he's doing in TNA, in WWE, and they could definitely use him in the mid-card right now. But um, I think there are small pieces that are working. And, yes, TNA most likely will drop the ball. But you, I at least I'm going to look at it positively, that the fact that they're going to New York. These tapings mean a lot. And it might be a total cover-up of what TNA actually really is. But I think these next couple of weeks of TV are going to be pretty good TV because I think that they realize that Spike TV may not renew them. And I think that they're going to have to put them, if they even know what they're doing, which is up in the air, absolutely, they're going to have to put their best foot forward and actually go and show the Spike TV executives who, from everything you hear, will be in the audience for these shows in New York. So, I mean, I expect these shows to be good. I'll be going to the show on Wednesday and possibly the show on Friday. So, I mean, I'm hoping for the best.
1: Wednesday being tomorrow, right? Being
0: tomorrow, right? I'll I'll be okay. seeing the now. I'm gonna I'm gonna tell you. I, not reading spoilers because you know you told me that you don't want me to read spoilers. so I'm trying to be good, as hard as that is. And I'm gonna give TNA credit that listening to uh, w, WWE, Jesus, WFAN, the uh, the biggest sports radio station in the country. Bully Ray was uh, uh has been doing a lot of stuff in New York. I was hearing advertisements for the Jeff Hardy versus uh, Bobby Lashley match. You know, so they're doing a good job of publicity-wise and getting, you know, advertising out there. Uh, Bully Ray was on Opie and Anthony for almost like an hour last week. I mean, you had – they're doing a lot of stuff in New York. I think there was a bunch of them on Fox and Friends this morning I saw a story about. So, you know, TNA is really trying to put their best foot forward with these New York shows. So, I mean, I think it's very tough situation they're in due to the fact that they have to tape items that, you know, episodes that won't air for, you know, almost a month because of their shooting schedule right now. But I have, ever since Slammiversary, I've had high hopes for the company. I know that with it, you know, they could do something in your, in,
1: in your world. putting from one, li- from one pay-per-view, from one pay-per-view, that really didn't have a lot of major angles in it, you're going to... Corey we already know the wrestling's good. But what makes you think that the storylines are going to be good? Corey, if they had a show like SmackDown where they had or NXT where they had very few storylines and mostly wrestling, the show would be good. It would be awesome. But what makes you think what gives you high hopes? They're not going to just have more wrestling on the show. What in the world gives you high hopes?
0: I think that when I think that when you're when your back's against the wall, you either go and you punch what, your way you out, or you fall. What does you, that you even mean? What does that even mean? I think uh, that what? if TNA is going to survive, they're going to have to get their act together and put their best foot forward. And so let me finish.
1: Means, let me finish for a second. Stuff against the wall.
0: You know what? If if they realize, you know what? If if the New York crowds don't totally crap on them, that's a, you know that may mean that they're doing it in the right direction. And if they do crap on them. It means that they, you know, they're dead. So okay, it's been, let me
1: ask you this. Sure. I don't know what this back against the wall and this fight and fight. I don't know what this means. I know if you're watching the sporting event, what that means. I have no idea what that means for booking a wrestling company. I don't know what that means. That basically. So
0: oh, so, so
1: what so what does that mean to you? How do they book? How do they book this these shows to get New York fans into it? that's going to differentiate their show from what they've done in the past? And will they do that?
0: Let's see. One, you bring in guys that the New York audience will know, which means that you're going to bring in the Tommy Dreamers of the world. You're going to go and have Bully Ray be a central figure. You're going to bring back Jeff Hardy. You're going to bring in Matt Hardy. Yes, it's called most likely, you know, seeing a lot more WWE guys than homegrown guys, but hopefully by bringing in the WWE guys people will notice the other ones. I think the idea is you got to put... What? I hear the last there.
1: No, I mean, you said the last one. They've built no homegrown guys in the history of their company. Very few. Go ahead.
0: And when they do build them, they all, you know, they don't pay them and then they leave. But um, I think the idea of, you know, you're back against the wall punching and all that stuff is basically, if they don't show TNA... If TNA doesn't show the Spike TV executives that they can go and do something that is relevant in 2014.
1: How do they, how do, they do that, though? How, they I put all that. I know that. I, I know what backing against the wall means. I know what you're saying. My question is, how do they do that? How do they differentiate this product from getting the same viewers that they've always gotten? Okay, you're going to have Matt Hardy in there. You're going to have this. But they've done this. They've brought Kevin Nash in. They've brought Booker T in. They've brought Hulk Hogan in. They get the same ratings all the time. The product needs to be different. They need more wrestling on the show. They need less talking on the show. That's what's going to get the fans into this. They don't want to hear these horrible segments with, you know, the, just these bad, long-winded segments. They want to see wrestling. And I think if they don't give us that, I think it's going to be hard for them. I think if they have these long-winded segments... They have two-minute matches. They're talking the whole time. I think people are going to crap all over it. There needs to be more wrestling on there. Yes, you're right. The Matt Hardy is the guest host, the Tommy Dreamer, that's all well and good. But they need to actually differentiate the product. They need to change what they're doing. And I don't know that they're capable of doing that. They did that at Slammiversary, which is why we love the show so much. But I don't know if they're capable of doing that on they're on their television. They want to give you so much. I fear that them wanting to give, you know, back against the wall with all these cliches is going to make them do even more craziness and book even more crazy and have more talking segments and more things that are going to get the audience riled up.
0: Now, I don't know. Now, if you would let me, you know, look at spoilers, I could tell you if anything's good happen over the next couple weeks, but I'm not doing that. Uh, I, I don't know. You know what? I've got a little bit more faith than you do at this point. I think the product has been better. your
1: mark. Go ahead.
0: Mr. ROH over there. Um, I'm okay with that. I'm, I'm still wishing WCW came back, but uh, no, uh, I don't know. I mean, I personally think that the, the last couple of weeks, Slammiversary, this past week's show, with the Tommy Dreamer segment, a couple of things – before that, the the Sonata promos they've done, I see things that make me say, I got to give this company one last chance.
1: <laughs> I, it's like an ex, it's like an ex girlfriend that keeps cheating on you, Corey. You know, you know that girl's gonna cheat on you. know she's gonna get you.
0: You know what? We could say that about Roar a lot of weeks. So let's let's be honest here. Wrestling no, as a whole,
1: you no, This is where you're wrong. You keep talking about one week of TV. I know our show's a weekly show. So we're supposed to analyze shows by the week. But big picture, the WWE builds towards things. They Look at what they've done with The Shield. You may not love the the, the one segment with the coffee thing, which was a little a little silly, I agree. But look at how they've built Reigns up to be a star. Look at how they've built up Ambrose. Look at how they've built characters. Look at how they build built people. They, TNA does not do this. So to say that, oh, well, look at Raw at once a week or whatever, I'm talking about the totality. I'm talking about the big picture. No homegrown stars. Switching baby faces and heels every week. I, know, I like the Sonata stuff, too. I like certain things that they're doing. But they need to do a lot more of the good stuff that we see. And I don't think they care. Dixie comes on TV, and I know it's, you know, uh, you know uh, she's using this as part of the storyline. And uh, a work shoot, which is the name of our podcast, It's a bit of a, you know, whatever, where she's saying, Oh, I know you fans want us to change our show, but this is our show and this is the way it's going to be. They're almost spitting in the face of the people who want to see their show be different. I don't think they care, Corey. I don't think they care. I think they're going to give us some. You know, Matt Hardy. They're gonna give us the Hardy Boys. They're gonna throw some stuff out there. They're gonna throw Tommy Dreamer out there. We're gonna get a couple of gimmick matches, a couple of Texas Death Matches, a Bull Rope match, or whatever. A New York City Street Fight. You know, we're gonna get some gimmick matches. They're gonna do some terrible, uh, you know, long-winded segments. And that's what it's gonna be. I don't know how you have any. I have no idea. Other than being a TNA Mark, I have no idea how you have any faith. No idea. They've done nothing on their TV show on a consistent weekly basis to make you. They one good pay-per-view.
0: Oh, I can talk now. Thank you. Um, I could. I hear what you're saying. I'm. I don't. You don't usually hear me say this, but I guess in the long run, as much as I bitch and moan about things, I am an eternal optimist, and I, I hope for the best. Just like you know, a lot of people say, for the wrestling business to be good. You need more than one more than one company to be good. And for as long as it takes, I'm gonna hope that TNA we
1: do have two. We do have two companies that are good.
0: All right. Uh, more than one company that actually has a national following and where I live, I can actually see without having to go online and watch on the internet. How about that?
1: Fair fair enough.
0: Hey, I love ROH. I love what they're doing. I mean, it's very simple booking, it's been good. I love NXT. I love a lot. I, I love you know. At times, Raw. I think T, I think SmackDown at times is a waste of you know time a lot of weeks, but especially the fact that everything you see on SmackDown you wind up seeing on Raw, you know, three days later. But um, I think that TNA, in small glimpses, looks like they might for the first time in a year or more might be on the right track. I'm gonna give them the benefit of the doubt when the you know, you might hear me next week with venom and vigor, I think that's the saying, killing TNA for, you know, me having to sit through, you know, four hours or two hours, whatever it is, of TNA tapings where nothing makes sense, and I watch Jeff Hardy almost kill himself on a on a spot against, you know, Bobby Lashley, which no one's gonna care about. Who knows? Or I might be sitting there going, saying, "In three weeks, you're going to see the most awesome match you've ever seen in your life," and I really think things are good. I'm hoping it's—I hope it's the second thing I just said. But you know what? It very well could be either one. But let's get to one or two last things before we, before we get out of here. Uh, a gentleman who we have spoken about quite a bit on this show, Court uh, Bauer, who was a former writer for the WWE during the uh, 2000s. Uh, had came out on a podcast and talked about fellow SmackDown uh, writer Dave Lagana, who is one of the key bookers now on the creative team of TNA, and a contacting uh, TV champion Jay Lethal uh, when he was under contract. This is, to put it nicely, spurned uh, the emotions leading into the ROH pay-per-view 4-1, Court Bauer, who it appears at times when you listen to Bauer talk about Dave Logano, they weren't exactly the biggest friends, at least now. So you no. wonder. <laughs> thank you for breaking on that. Uh, who more than likely they won't be, you know, sharing a, a Sunday dinner anytime soon, uh, you know, on MLW's uh, radio show. So I mean, I'm not sure what's, what. I don't think anything really came out of this besides Bauer being a, a little hot under the collar. I don't know if it was tampering. We'll never know for sure. I mean, Jay Lee. Well,
1: no, 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 no. Uh, Court, It's 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 absolutely tampering. If they're contacting another talent about joining their company when that person's under contract, they're it's absolutely tampering. Court Bauer even mentioned, and I I, I don't want I'm paraphrasing that there could be some legal ramifications because of this. Because apparently they've contacted. Other people and he didn't get he didn't get into that he just he, he decided to throw his his boy Dave Lagana under the bus but it's absolutely tampering if you're contacting another uh, someone who's under contract at another in another company I believe Jay Lethal's contract is for a, a little while And they let him go anyways I don't even you know. Tina's so stupid but um I mean it's you know I I kind of like it to be honest with you. I like the idea of a little war between between those two. I think there's a lot of talent out there um, in wrestling now. And I think that, you know, if they can get involved in a little war, I think it raises the stakes for both companies and, um, and makes both companies want to do their best. And I think Ring of Honor is really trying to see themselves as a possible number two, especially depending on how this pay-per-view did, which hopefully we'll have more information on next week. I like it. I mean... I think it shows you TNA's ridiculousness. They had a guy, Jay Lethal, who was really good there, and they let him go, but, like, you know, whatever. And now they want him back again. It doesn't make any sense to me. It's like you let let, let your player go. You let, you know, a player go in a free agency. He signs another team, and now you're trying to trade for him. You already saw what he could do. If you didn't like him in the first place, why'd you, you know, let him, if you liked him in the first place, why'd you let him go? But that's uh, TNA for you.
0: Well, Steve Carino, who is one of the, uh, maybe the best colored commentator not named William Regal right now, was on uh, with uh, Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net, one of his audio shows. And he brought up the subject to uh, Steve Carino. And Carino had said, as far as he's heard, was that there was a text that was sent to Jay Lethal asking about his contract situation and that he told him he wasn't interested. And that was kind of where it it ended, and the stupid thing that Dave Logan and the people at TNA did was actually put it in, you know, physical print that they were interested. So, I mean, I mean, I know that Roger Strong has spoken saying that uh, they had spoken to him
1: when he yeah, was. He's a free agent, Roger Strong. Right. No, I, I know he, he, is, he is. a free agent, so Absolutely. that's not tampering. That's just you know, I agree. He, He's free to do whatever. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, at least from what I, from what you know, Steve Carino had said, he doesn't. From what he had heard. It was more of asking, you know, what your situation was. So I, I would think they would be smart enough to have a file say who is and who isn't under contract at this point on all the companies. So, I mean, we'll see. I mean, the bigger subject that was going on was, um, oh, Jesus, Davy Richards, who's one half of the tag team champions at TNA. The uh, the In ROH, everyone knows the American Wolves now, the Wolves had supposedly had spoken to Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly about their interest in going to TNA. So, I mean... What? Yeah. Uh, so, I mean, yeah. I don't know where that's going, but, I mean, TNA's got to be a lot more careful, like, this, to be honest.
1: But, Corey, this is my question. They have, they had good guys there. Frankie Gazarian, Christopher Daniels, Chris Sabin. Why not pay your guys who so you have built up, who have been there. Because they I, are I guess ble- I don't understand that line of thinking.
0: I can give you a very simple. They are bleeding money. They're bleeding internally with money. There are, there are people who, at this point, the only people who are getting paid on time every week, if this reminds you of something called ECW with Paul Heyman, are the guys who actually work in the office and one or two major stars, you know, like the bully Ray's of the company. But a lot of these guys... They go, you know, a couple of paychecks where they're behind. This is, you know, for everything that we say about, you know, TNA, TNA, very, if they, like I said, if they lose the Spike TV deal, they're done. No one else is going to pick them up, and they're going to be, uh, they, the company won't exist anymore. Then, how, then why are they trying to get wrestlers if they don't have any money? Because they can pay them a lot, you can pay independent talents a lot less and not have to give nearly the amount of, uh, you know, upside guarantee, you know, downside guarantee than they do it to these other guys. And if they're going to get a 1.1, if they're lucky, radio every, every week on Spike TV, you do that with, you know, the Zima Ions, the Davy Richards, the Eddie Edwards of the world. I don't know why Zima Ion just popped in my head. You do that, you pay them a lot less than you have to pay, you know, the Hogan's, the Sting's, and the AJ Styles, AJ Styles of the world. So, I mean, it all comes down to what you can afford and who's going to take the least amount of money to get actual national TV exposure. I mean, that's part of the thing here. And that's one of the things that we, you know, we speak about a lot is what why things happen. And a lot of times it really does come down to the bottom dollar. I mean, like these WWE cuts that we spoke about last week, which if you haven't heard, everyone should go to uh, workshoot.potomatic.com. And check out last week's episode where we, for a good 20 minutes or so, we spoke about the WWE cuts, which, you know, uh, I think was, you know, a pretty interesting conversation, just like this one right now. So, I mean, it's interesting to see how these companies work inside. And that's why, you know, when we have the Mike Johnsons or the uh, Jason Powells or hopeful future guests on, they give you a perspective of where, you know, what's going on besides what we see on the TV every week. That's one of the things that, you know, I really love about what we're doing on this podcast where we're talking more. Yeah, we're talking about who we think is going to win and going to lose matches. But we're also talking about why things work and don't work, you know. So, I mean, I think that the background of Kurt Bauer getting, you know, upset with, you know, Dave Lagana on what's going on sometimes is more interesting than, you know, why Bobby Lashley, you know, that Bobby Lashley has a title. Or why, you know, Wade Barrett took a year and a half to actually get a win. You know, some of this, it all depends on what's going on in the week, what's going to be interesting. And I think that's what makes wrestling more than just, you know, seeing, you know, guys in their 20s, in their 30s, 40s, you know, in, in skippy tights.
1: Yeah, it's funny. When we started this podcast, and I, we don't need to go too deep into it. When we started the podcast, I was talking to someone who I knew was isn't really a wrestling fan at all. And I said, well, what are you going to talk about every week? And, I, you know, it's funny, I think about it, I think this is what I'm like, 30th episodes. I forget what episode this is. I believe it's
0: 29.
1: And I, 29, okay. And I said, I said, I don't know what we're going to talk about every week, because it's, but somehow we find a way. Uh, the business of re- wrestling is almost more interesting than the wrestling itself. At times, it's much more interesting. And, and you'll figure out a way. And, of you make good points. Um, about I'm sorry, can you say that
0: last part again? I don't think I hear that right
1: <laughs> now. Every now and then i got to put you over. Thank you. But, you know, so it is interesting in terms of, you know, getting those independent talents and getting the guys there and seeing how that works. I hope TNA makes it. I hope all these companies make it. As much as I bang on TNA, um, and I've said this in the past, I want them to do well because they have really talented guys. I love Bully Ray. I love Bobby Roode. You know, I really like James Storm. I love what they're doing with Ethan Carter III. I think he's developed into into something. Um, The American Wolves are there, and, you know, they're tremendous. I think they're doing good things with some of the guys they have, but they're not doing enough good things on a consistent basis. And it's, you know, it's frustrating. It's frustrating to watch. Um, But, yeah, I, I hope TNA gets a new contract. I hope they're on Spike. I hope they start, you know, continue on Spike. And I thought, I, I hope that they continue to improve their product. Last so we can be positive every now and then. So I'm not having a freaking coronary while I'm talking about
0: it. Last thing, and because we've, it's, it is amazing that we went and spoke two segments about WWE for 40 minutes. And I believe we were almost at an hour in this third, uh, third segment. But uh, as much as you say you want them to do good and TNA to stay in Spike TV. Does part of you, as an ROH fan, hope that the Spike TV thing doesn't work out and ROH is on Spike TV in uh, in September or October?
1: Um, I don't know. I really haven't thought about it. Because Let's,
0: let's be honest. Fox Sports 1 doesn't look like they're going to be getting a wrestling show anytime soon, and that's maybe they, the only they, other option.
1: Could, you know, they could use one because no one watches that network. <laughs> but, um... UFC, uh, UFC yeah. tonight, yes. Uh... Do, do I think if Ring of Honor had a weekly TV show, they'd make more out of it than TNA does? Yes. I mean Ring of Honor would need to also get more talent because they you know they have a, a good roster, but it's a pretty small roster. Um, but do I think they would do more? I, I think I think they would. I mean they you know I know they don't have as much TV as TNA does and you know they film a little bit differently. but I think for what they have to work with, they make the most out of it. I think with what TNA has to work with, and they've done this for 12 years or however long they've been around, they haven't made the most out of it. But that being said, I think there's room for another company to be on TV. So I feel like I would like to see Ring of Honor get their own slot you know, on national TV because I think I think if they do, they could do some good things.
0: I'd love to see uh, 8, o'clock NXT, you know, 8 o'clock NXT, 9 o'clock Ring of Honor. WWE Network, no. Um, Actually, this doesn't sound like a bad idea, actually. Uh, But I want to thank everyone for uh, listening to today. And I know there are mostly going to be a couple of people who uh, will see in the rundown that WWE was the first two segments and may not hear the hour-long insanity about companies that no one actually watches. But uh, I want to say, like always, it's been a lot of fun this week. And uh, Jason, as we wrap this bad boy up, Episode, I believe 29. I might be wrong. Uh, Jay, how can these lovely folks and folkettes uh, get in contact with us or follow yeah, us?
1: Corey, there's no such thing as a folket.
0: Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm making up my own a... damn language, goddammit.
1: All right, all right. Well, um, you can get a hold of us uh, on Twitter at Worked Shoot Pod, W R O K E D, Shoot Pod, all one word. I uh, live tweeted the Ring of Honor pay-per-view for uh, Some of it um, You know, live tweet raw Pretty much every week Wasn't as active on Twitter yesterday Because so I was busy with stuff But still pretty active It's
0: called the World Cup, people That's what he was
1: busy with <laughs> uh, So there's always, you know Always put stuff on Twitter Always try to be active You know, we'd love to get your feedback On things that you like about the pod Things that you'd like to see improve uh, You know, send us your thoughts Send us your comments um, We'd love to be active on there uh, also, on the Facebook page, the Work Shoot podcast. Uh, we have a Facebook page. You can find us on there. Uh, our website: www.workshootpodomatic.com. That's workshootpodomatic.com. It has, um, you know, all of our old or like 95% of our old podcasts on there. And of course, we really um, are asking people to subscribe on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. We had know two episodes a few weeks ago um and we're trying to you know get content as much as we can it's a summertime and i have off so i may just kind of do random podcasts <laughs> but um so we're really asking people to go to our itunes page the work shoot wrestling podcast that's the work shoot wrestling podcast just look us up under podcast on itunes
0: thank you jason um a couple of quick things here once again you know uh Check out our buddies who uh, I'm told at some point will be back with the new podcast, with the uh, the Kitchen Sink podcast, with uh, Eddie Z, who's been on this program quite a few times, and will be back very soon to uh, disagree with everything I say. Uh, and Chris Wizard, check, uh, where they talk about everything, including the Kitchen Sink, except politics and religion. They should be back in the next couple of weeks with uh, new content, Check out uh, Morin's Law with our buddy Christopher Morin, morinslaw.com. It's a blog about sports, MMA, and wrestling. sure as a Bulls fan, he'll be talking about his dream situation with uh, Carmelo Anthony and uh, LeBron James going there. So that should be interesting to hear over the next couple of... Sorry, read about in the next couple of days. Uh, And we're always hard at work trying to get you, you know, the best guests we can and... We're hoping to have uh, another guest on next week for the show. But until then, don't forget, guys, check out ProWrestling.net for uh, some great audio and interesting conversations with uh, Jason Powell. And you can yourself read, you know, Will Pruitt's thoughts as we did this past week. But for uh, Jason Brooks, this is Coy Richmond. This has been the Workshoot Wrestling Podcast. Thanks a lot, like always, for listening. See ya. Hey, I was going to say thank you for having me on, and thank you for being patient, because uh, my summer schedule is kind of a mess, and I, I don't always uh, find free time very often, but it was it was a blast. Work, shoot, dot, dot com. Is that right, Corey? Am I saying that? Did, did I get all the info Absol- there? Absolutely. And it's uh, Corey Richmond and Jason Brooks are your hosts. Uh, when can they when can they find you guys? When's your most? How frequently are your podcasts? Uh, once a once a week, pretty much every Tuesday night the show goes up. And if it's a big story, like you know when CM Punk left, or when we're lucky enough to have someone on like Jason Powell on the show, or possibly maybe Chris Shore at some point down the line, we have them a second. You'll have a second episode up every week.